0: What is good, guys and gals, and welcome to the Films and Pixels podcast, episode 17. I'm your host, Afif. And this week, I'm very much excited, looking forward to talking about this week's topics for this episode. Uh, First of all, Elon Musk finally completes his dream of taking over Twitter. He completely buys the entire company and more details behind the scenes. I'm excited to also break down a CinemaCon 2022 event that happened between April 25 to April 28. Uh, Already news of the Fast and Furious 10th movie Fast X already needs a new director but since then that solution has been solved although very costly. Uh, James Gunn defending his friend Chris Pratt despite calls of a recast I'll explain why. Uh, It seems also that Sony is teasing the Xperia 1 Mark IV. More on that as well and I also want to talk about personally. Uh, my early on impression so far after like 11, 12 hour playthrough of Hollow Knight, an indie metroidvania game, I'm looking forward to that as well. But before we begin, everything else, if you haven't done so, you know the drill, comment, like, subscribe, follow, all that, yada yada, sub, sub, uh, support Patreon, all that good stuff, like the social media links, follow the pages. Subscribe to the YouTube page. It helps. Comment. Helps with the engagement. All that good stuff. Share with your friends. Share with your family. Share with your wife, girlfriend, brother. Whoever you're cheating on. I don't know. Just share. Let everyone know this episode. This podcast. All that good stuff. So, you know, whatever. All in good fun. Right? Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, let's, uh, let's get started from here on out. Guys and gals, before anything else, before I talk about any other subjects, I really want to complete a breakdown of everything that happened from CinemaCon. This was a major big event. Wow. From April 25 to April 28, a presentation in Las Vegas from different film studios occurred revealing a bunch of upcoming movie slates and trailers and so forth. So, hopefully with this recording done before the 20-minute mark, I'm gonna start with Sony Pictures. Sony uh, started the CinemaCon presentation event with a few trailers. They uh, talked about originality. So first, there was Where the Crawdads Sing, coming July 15. Uh, Also, more trailers as well with uh, major stars, Bullet Train, starring Brad Pitt coming July 29. Also, The Woman King starring Viola Davis, releasing September 16. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, Also, announcements regarding the Spider-Man IP. They still own all that. And plus there was, okay, so, so announcement on a third Venom movie and Ghostbusters 5. Whether you're excited about those or not, that's really up to you. So regarding more Spider-Man related news, there was 15 minutes of advanced footage shown for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse so far with the release date on June 2, 2023. That still has a release date. It was supposed to be called Part 1 with that title. Now with the second sequel of that film as a follow-up plan, it was supposed to be Part 2. Now instead it has been retitled to Spider-Man Beyond the Spider-Verse. It's supposedly like these movies have like 240 plus characters and six different universes. So if the original one that I think was in 2018, uh, you know, going to be great. If that was a great movie, expect those animated spider films to be amazing as well. Uh, Beyond the Spider-Verse around Easter weekend, 2024. Uh, Also, um, oh yeah, Uh, this is, I I should mention something that was like kind of crazy and bizarre to me. Uh, Something called... uh, a Spider-Man spinoff called El Muerto, like about a, some sort of Mexican wrestler type character that was going to come. It hasn't said there's no release date to when, but it was going to start to wrap her Bad Bunny. This is just another way of like really milking and using the Spider-Man IP, whatever they have as a cash cow similar to what they're doing with Craven the Hunter. And I'm not even excited about that, honestly. Um, also like there's been like some sizzle reel, some upcoming films, like 65 starting Adam driver. And there was like 10 seconds of Craven the Hunter and Madam Webb footage. Sony closed their presentation as well as surprise footage reveal of the George Foreman biopic scheduled for April 7th of next year, 2023. Okay, Neon Pictures Presentation. First off, uh, first trailer release of Crimes of the Future. It does star Viggo Mortensen, Leia Seydoux, Kristen Stewart. This movie was directed by David Cronenberg. Uh, the world premiere of the film will be at the upcoming Keynes Film Festival. And then will open to theaters by June 3, so actually very soon of this year. Um first love is a documentary by filmmaker sarah dosa in collaboration national geographic it's about the understanding and the science and dangers of volcanoes uh for a summer 22 theatrical release supposedly maybe for streaming as well possibly uh, another big announcement uh, moonage daydream it's like a film uh from brett morgan and executive producer Bill Gerberg, it's like based on David Bowie, like archive footage and recordings. So how they'll put all of that together will will be interesting to see. There wasn't much else from neon Productions. pictures. I don't know if I'm missing anything, but this is what I know. So that's two out of three uh, film studios with their presentations. I've mentioned now there was another day. This is a big one from Warner Brothers. Warner Brothers had their CinemaCon presentation recently. Uh, major announcement, the Batman sequel, the second film that starred Robin Pattinson, that's going to get a sequel. That's been announced. I'm assuming the same cast is going to come back, and hopefully Matt Reeves comes back as well, directing the film. That'll be very good. Uh, this is also a major one, Do Not Worry Darling. Uh, Directed by Olivia Wilde, the second time she's directing a movie, she directed Get Smart. She's also going to be one of the supporting actresses in the film, starring Harry Styles and Florence Pugh as well. Uh, Something crazy happened during that presentation, I'll talk about that as well. There's already a trailer of the movie online, but as a hint, it's like this strange rated R erotic thriller. It's kind of weird, but yeah, there's a trailer online as well, also like a sizzle reel of a bunch of DC comic book related projects like DC's League of Super Pets. There's a new trailer available already. Um, also scissor reel from Black Adam, Shazam Fury of the Gods, Aquaman Lost Kingdom, and The Flash as well. So they're still in development and production. Actually they're in production as well and sometimes should be in post-production. Uh, a Baz Luhrmann's film, Elvis, a new kind of Elvis film, biopic type film, will be interesting to see. Announcement as well regarding a Timothy Chalamet, Chalamet's a Wonka film. He'll be starring the main character of Willy Wonka in that film. I don't know if there have been like trailers released at least for that presentation, but this is what I know. And those films should be very good as well. Also, another Stephen King movie that's going to be coming later this year at September 9th called Salem's Lot. Another film based on a Stephen King horror novel. That um, will be another creepy one. Also, names for a bunch of 2023 films. The Meg 2, The Color Purple, The Blue Beetle, some sort of animated The Lord of the Rings movie, and even a major news a live action Barbie film. We've heard some news and rumors related to a live action Barbie film. That's definitely going to come directed by Greta Gerwig, who directed Lady Bird. There was also a first look release picture of how Margot Robbie will look like as Barbie. So that's available online with a pink background in a car, smiling with the attire looking exactly like the Barbie doll. Uh, also, the Warner Bros. presentation closed for CinemaCon with CEO Imrick. He returned the stage. Interesting moment that he gave Dwayne the Rock Johnson uh, like a special Entertainer of the Decade award uh, from National Association of Theater o- Owners uh, in, if you want to use the acronym NATO. No, not that same NATO you already know on the news on a daily basis. different nato giving him not only to the 11 billion dollars and the worldwide box office movies he's brought into the business but of course throughout his career but really his work ethic on the movies he's made and his professionalism so that's very good to see just really being a very likable person that's basically why now i want to talk about like something happened like while olivia wilde was doing her presentation for do not worry darling uh, someone uh, walked up to the stage with a bunch of uh, documents, like in a package binder, whatever, handed it to her, and basically she was served papers regarding uh, court papers for custody of her children in a court battle with uh, ex-husband Jason Sudeikis. It became very awkward and weird. She opened it, but she managed to go on. It was not; it was very uncomfortable. You know, sources close to the situation claim by that time he had no idea she had this presentation going on, but I find that hard to believe. So uh, I'm sure that was not a comfortable moment. But now since then, there have been questions of how to improve and fix their security for uninvited guests to come in. I mean, all, all, all that was known as like, just give the papers, but it didn't say when. So yeah. After all that was done. Okay, next. Walt Disney. Disney had their presentation for their CinemaCon event. There was a 20-minute clip of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I'm sure like the early parts of the movie, that's already coming very soon. Like probably the end of the week or next week. So that'll be very fun to finally see. More Marvel news. Marvel man. Marvel icon guy. Everyone's favorite Marvel... Executive producer Kevin Feige said that Marvel Studios will be planning movies for the next 10 years. 10 years of more Marvel films into 2023. Or excuse me, 2032. Damn, bro. He doesn't want to take a vacation. Even a sizzle reel of films like Black Panther, Thor, Love and Thunder, and among other films that Disney has, as well as a 30-minute look of Pixar's Lightyear, I mean I'd like the trailers of what I've seen and all that but I'm just really concerned that this is mil- again another cash cow attempt to milk more out of the Toy Story IP and I'm just worried it kind of hurts the inter- the uh, kind of the appeal of why we all love Toy Story so much but uh also another big news David O Russell he's a director I like from movies such as Silver Linings Playbook Uh, He's directing another movie called Amsterdam, coming November 4. It has leads like Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, John David Washington, and also includes a cast of Anya Taylor-Joy, Chris Rock, Taylor Swift, Rami Malek, Michael Shannon, Zoe Zaldana, Robert De Niro, and Mike Myers. That's a very good ensemble, if you ask me. I don't know the details, but I'm looking forward to it as more goes on. It might be online what it's more about. Also like some six minute, I think there's a trailer as well for the Bob's burger. So yeah, there's, uh, the Bob's burgers movie that coming very soon this month, May twenty seven. there might be a trailer, but there was like a private screening, maybe some parts early footage for the audience. Also big one, big one avatar. Yeah. Avatar finally making a comeback since 2009. A sequel, a second Avatar movie title announced, Avatar, The Way of Water, releasing December 16th, with four more sequels being planned. Uh, I forgot the names of the title on top of my head, but I I saw a tweet on Twitter. There was a post from Culture Crave uh, showing titles of like four more sequels, but I don't know if they're legit. All I know is they sound exciting, even with like release dates, but I don't know if that's really going to happen. But Disney has not said anything about their call, but as for Avatar The Way of Water, uh, it's going to be planned, filmed with digital 3D tech, HDR, high frame rate. Of course, as a standard, IMAX, PLF, and using different Dolby Sound technology that's used in 4K TVs, so that should be good to see. Even a possible re-release of the first Avatar film with a modern remastered picture and sound for September three. That'll be good to see. There was even like a release window of upcoming uh, Disney films throughout this year, next year. Uh, we'll look forward to that. Okay, um, fourth presentation between both Universal Pictures and Focus Features since both shared the stage for this one day. Okay, another uh, first off in Universal Pictures, another horror film from director Jordan Peele nope coming july 22 of this year uh david gordon green's halloween ends so there's a horror theme going on halloween ends uh megan 3 for january 13 next year uh some movie called beast starring idris alba uh, another film the last voyage of the demeter uh tickets to paradise uh starring george clooney and julie roberts uh You know what? I like those two together in some of their movies when they do. something. I remember something called Money Monster. That was very interesting and and thrilling as well. I don't know. It's like together, they're like America's or I should say Hollywood's favorite parents. I don't know. To me, it's like the Hollywood parent couple. They're not really a couple, but together, they're like the parents that you just want to hang out with. I don't know. Can't explain it, but I don't know. I, I just like their chemistry and relationship on screen, uh, yeah. Also like uh, a Minions prequel, sequel, prequel kind of thing called Minions: The Rise of Gru, like a sequel to Minions but a prequel to. Uh, damn it, what was that other called? Those films called related to Minions, but yeah, also two uh, yeah Minions: The Rise of Gru July one. Uh, two other films called Easter Sunday, August five and bros, September 30. Uh, also Jurassic world dominion trailer, a new one coming very soon on June 10. Also big announcement. She said, she said is a movie based on journalists that really unloaded and covered the whole Harvey Weinstein scandal that happened in 2017. So she said will be a very important film. Uh, I'm not aware of a release date, but yeah, uh, look forward to that. Okay, focus features. They had their presentation. They didn't really have much, so that's why they share the stage with the Universal Pictures, but announcements of Downton Abbey, A New Era, coming May 18, Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris, July 15, Violent Night, December 2, and Armageddon Time. Uh, the synopsis and the whole plot point of those movies, they're online. I think there's a trailer for the first two movies I mentioned Downton Abbey and Mrs. Harris Goes to Paris. So that'll be good to see. Okay, final presentation from Lionsgate. Lionsgate has an announcement of John Wick 4 release date for March 4, 2023 release date. Uh, a random spin off called Ballerina starring Ana de Armas. Uh, I haven't seen a trailer, nothing yet on that. There's actually a trailer though on The Expendables 4. It's available online and part of the cast, one of the cast members does include 50 Cent himself. Also another other movies called About My Father. Um, Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Uh, more announcement on Borderlands. That movie, Borderlands, based on the first person shooter RPG video game series starring Kate Blanchett. Also, another movie called White Bird, a wonder story. And finally, a Hunger Games prequel called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes coming 2023. It's a prequel to those Hunger Games films, kind of like revolving around a younger version of President Snow, who was played by Donald Rutherfield. Rutherfield? I, I'm sorry, I don't know. Um, I think I forgot. Uh, his last name completely but um yeah the based on the antagonist of the Hunger Games films uh President Snow. Whew. Yeah. Yeah that's everything that happened in Cinemacon 2022. The Strangest Moment what I as I mentioned the whole Olivia Wilde court papers regarding custody of her kids, uh Dwayne Johnson being awarded A bunch of films, updated footage reels for later this year. Avatar, new Avatar content, and Avatar making comeback. yeah. A lot was shown and presented at CinemaCon this year. Yeah, yeah. So that's pretty much everything for CinemaCon 2022. So look forward to more updates on those films and... If there's going to be more announcements and hopefully no COVID related delays. But yeah, I'm, I don't know about you. I'm done on this part. I'm ready to talk about everything else. So stay with me there, please. Tesla, SpaceX, Twitter. They all now belong to Elon Musk. He finally completed his dream of compl- of now f- being full ownership of Twitter. Elon Musk has now completed his task of being owner and being 100% in charge of Twitter, paying $44 billion in cash. $44 billion. How about he uses all of his resources, you know, fixing poor countries, trying to get out of poverty? Yeah. Why don't you make good use of that money? He made it clear with the full intention of turning Twitter into a private company and emphasizing free speech for the platform. While that may sound like good things, there's been a lot of concern from majority of the Twitter staff members. There was also a meeting recently when Twitter's top lawyer, uh, Vijay Gade, was crying. She got really emotional. She's like, I mean, a lawyer from Twitter was seriously crying at a company staff meeting out of concern that with Elon Musk acquiring Twitter, um, you know, there could be changes to the policy and trust I should say that Gotti was also a lawyer for the, the team's legal policy and trust and was a key member in the decision of suspending Donald's, Donald Trump's Twitter. Um, so the tweet was out on uh, this lawyer being a top advocate, gaslighting the world on Joe Rogan podcast and censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story It's, it's upset about the Elon Musk Twitter takeover with musk also responding suspending the twitter account of major news organization for publishing a truthful story was obviously incredibly inappropriate so they're just concerns that with elon musk in charge he'll bring and allow tw- donald trump back on twitter but maybe not you know so this is just where one part of the fears are of just letting people come on twitter but also maybe having a, a policy on censorship uh it helped that musk was able to uh, sell like $5 billion worth of his uh, Tesla stock. So that's how it helped him with his financial takeover of Twitter. Uh, and will pay like $54.20 of cash per share for the company. So it may be taken private before the end of October. Uh, with the board of Twitter announcing a deal reaching with uh, Elon Musk sometime last Monday. And it represented like 38% premium of Twitter's closing price. Um, as well, okay, we saw like he had a small percentage of the company, but because uh, they didn't allow him to have control, if he had more than 15%, he wanted to completely buy it. So, and this, and as that, it comes after Musk's, uh, someone that he knows as a friend, Jack Dorsey, stepping down as CEO, but with, Parag agrawal uh taking over uh there are concerns that changes could come like if, other than a new CEO, maybe workers being laid off um monetization changes of twitter and if they're going to be ads and so forth charging publishers to embed them and, and so forth but on in that case um he had more to say without the whole free speech thing, like the extreme antibody reaction for those who fear free speech says it all. By free speech, I simply mean that which matches the law. I am against censorship that goes far beyond the law. If people want less free speech, they will ask government to pass laws to that effect. Therefore, going beyond the law is contrary to the will of the people. So, I, I guess it's... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I guess like, uh, although he is against censorship, but but still le- allowing free speech, but although possibly allowing more endangerment to those who may, call, you know, spread false information and crazy lies and encourage cult, le- cult leaders to go insane online. Well, I found a Twitter thread from Jack Dorsey that I think helps on um, kind of revolving on the situation to just uh, allow Twitter to be sold agreement with Elon Musk. I hope this is the right thread in order. I love Twitter. Twitter is the closest thing we have to a global consciousness. The idea and service that all that matters to me and I will do whatever it takes to protect both. Twitter as a company has always been my sole issue and my biggest regret. It has been owned by Wall Street and the Ad Model. Taking it back from Wall Street is the correct first step. In principle, I don't believe anyone should own or run Twitter. It wants to be a public good at a protocol level, not a company. Solving the problem of it being a company, however, Elon Musk, is the singular solution I trust. I trust his mission to extend the light of consciousness. Elon's goals of creating a platform that is maximally trusted and broadly inclusive is the right one. That is also Parag's goal, and why I chose him. Thank you both for getting the company out of an impossible situation. This is the right path. I believe it all, I believe it with all my heart. I'm so happy Twitter will continue to serve the public conversation. Around the world and into the stars. So yeah, whether you believe it or not, Jack Dorsey is is clearly relieved and happy that Twitter is now out of the whole business model of Wall Street, company ads, and so forth more into a singular solution, singular CEO envisioned with Elon Musk and Parag Agrawal in charge. And so uh, will there be any effect for all of us using Twitter when it goes private? Uh, We will know in time. But I think maybe this way it may grow even more as a social media platform. Will will Twitter bring back the Fleet feature? I'm and Vine. Now I think about it, I like Fleet. Fleet was kind of like the stories that we see on WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, and invented by Snapchat. So I don't think it's a bad idea for Fleet to come back. And maybe now is a good time for Vine to come back. I mean, Vine was ahead of its time with a short-form video platform, but it got shut down due to low popularity and low usage. Now with Reels, YouTube Shorts, TikTok, uh, other TikTok alternatives like Rizzle as well. And and now even Reels integrated into Facebook as well. So with the short-form video clips now being more popular than ever, it's definitely going to grow. Who knows maybe they could bring back vine as well i doubt it but i mean i just don't think it's a good idea since it may help twitter grow and uh have more people more big name companies and public figures really take uh, twitter more seriously and not just facebook and instagram just because they're owned by one uh company and meta inc but yeah that's just my opinion but um yeah, was, since Elon Musk wants to make Twitter private, what does that mean for all of us? I mean, I honestly don't know. Someone else probably knows better than I do. But yeah, it's, maybe we'll wait to look forward on that. Just when the 10th Fast and Furious movie was finally starting production, just days later, it hit a snag. Now, Justin Lin, who's directed most of the movies, especially the 5th one, and I think the 7th one as well, um, all of a sudden has decided to step down as director. And he got the support from Universal Pictures, so the decision for Justin Lin to step down as director of the 10th Fast and Furious movie, otherwise known as Fast X, um, no longer going to be part of the project, but he will stay on as producer. So, of course, it's going to be one of those creative differences, reasons for stepping down on the project. Now, it, this might not be shocking for most people who have seen this sort of situation before with past films and Fast and Furious, but sources closer to the situation are saying that Vin Diesel's behavior is part of the reason. Uh, so many are blaming Vin Diesel for having Justin Lin to step down, and this is strange. I mean, Although Vin Diesel is also like a producer on the film, but I, it's, I thought like they seem to have worked well together in the past. so what happened early on is, is strange, especially since like they're supposed to film scenes with the uh, UK production unit and while there are other production unit in other countries waiting for, for things to get going. Uh, so yeah, part of the problem is that he shows up late. He doesn't always have his lines memorized and he always looks like he's out of shape so that kind of disruptive behavior on set uh, hasn't really helped uh, Justin Lin. Uh, and plus like although he as a producer he does have creative input he can be too controlling with his role on trying to perfect the films. So I understand it. Uh in in his absence of not having a director it did cost Universal Pictures between 600000 to $1,000,000 just to find a replacement for a new director. Thankfully, it didn't take too much long. They finally did. Their announcement has made that Louis Louis Lettier, most people know that name from the Incredible Hulk film from 2008, MCU second film, and Transporter one and two action films starring Jason Statham, will now helm the directorial role for Fast X, so now he's gotta be the new director for the film as well. But what's crazy about this whole situation is that Justin Lin is willing to walk away from a deal that around 10 to $20 million, like no one will walk away from that kind of money unless someone's basically unhappy and fed up with a work situation with producers and and so forth or any cast members, but that's exactly what happened between Lynn and Vin Diesel. And at the same time, trying to integrate new casting members with Jason Momoa as an antagonist for the film, Brie Larson, Mike Rooker, and among other new cast members joining Fast X movie for the 10th Fast and Furious movie. So for the other two actors, I don't know what their roles are, but um, we will know in time and. We- of course, there's going to be a trailer and all that good stuff. So yeah, Aqua was back. This time as a bad guy. How about that? <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, to walk away from a directorial job that would have made you between 10 to 20 million dollars. I mean, listen, no one is crazy to do that. Unless someone really is interfering with your job and making things difficult. I get that. Uh, it's not an easy business, so I understand it very, and it can be very long and exhausting when the producers kind of like step in and want to have their say-so over the directors and what should happen, what should not happen. Cut the scene, don't want to cut that scene, change those lines, want those lines. So it, it's uh, more uncommon than most people think when it all looks perfect, sounds all right, it's like, whoa, whoa, wait. But look, I wanted to walk away because, well, he said so. He wanted this. He wanted that. Not letting me do my job. And it's more common than you think. It happened with even Sam Raimi's Spider-Man films. and happened with MCU projects. You know, the it shows on those DC films. It shows on maybe some other major IP films. That maybe I, I, I don't have in mind, but it's, again, like, it's, uh, it's not rare. So yeah i remember like even deadpool 2 as well uh tim miller walked away from deadpool 2 directorial work creative differences with ryan reynolds and someone stepped in forgot the name but uh yeah so it's common in those action films Uh, but hopefully like uh with Louis letier experience in directing major action films uh he could bring some excitement to Fast X. And, you know, we'll find out more as the months go on. And, you know, will the trailers reflect on that excitement? Shall be known. I don't know how or why, but it just seems like someone related to the Guardians of the Galaxy films can't seem to stay away from controversy or their name being placed in controversy. And we all know this is not the first time new situation has developed a viral tweet has gone online like you know someone suggesting like hey marvel hear me out like replace chris pratt with uh, patrick wilson instead as star lord uh, now the reason why son brought this idea up because there is still questions of uh, chris pratt's uh, alleged belief with like a church a pol- political affiliation and and a church with uh, anti-lgbtq views You know, so basically, so uh, if anyone that clapped back and clearly has supported Chris Pratt publicly, it's James Gunn. He did clap back and responded with a series of uh, tweets to a user defending him. uh, First, saying, For what? Because of your made up, utterly false beliefs about him? For something that someone else told you about him that's not true? Chris Pratt would never be replaced as Star Lord. But if he ever was, we would all be going with him. So yeah, I mean like look, you can say whatever you want about James Gunn with his past mistakes about and all that about like uh, pedophilia tweets and jokes and all that. But I mean like you know you, you know you just appreciate the fact that you know he just dis- defending his friend and co-working star. After all, like the cast of the Guardians did defend James Gunn when for a couple of years he was fired by Marvel and Disney because of pedophilia tweets and, and jokes that happened. So, I mean, like, of course, he'd have his back and return the favor. So that that is good to see as well. Uh, you know, I and it's not the first time like he's been facing backlash in recent years, even like, you know, when Chris Pratt appeared as a guest on the Stephen Colbert show and uh, Elliot Page tweeted, like, you know, you're a famous actor. Like, you know, why would you be if you're like I you say like this church is not uh anti LGBQT, like the but uh, that's not true. Just calling him out. And you know, uh controversy sparked ahead, like from twenty twenty presidential election, uh, you know, simply for like mocking the significance of voting. Like you he stayed away from it, simply not saying either he's democratic or republic. So just wanted to stay out of politics, and he's been ridiculed for some time regarding the discrimination against this church, supposedly against LGBTQ. Um, but with those questioning, saying like he's hateful towards, the, like I don't, I don't believe he's hateful to, towards those groups. I mean, sure, you don't know a person until you meet them, but you know he's not a malicious person he does he doesn't seem like a malicious person and clearly has no intent for harm so you know that's not something that's uh, believable james gunn did say this in a twitter thread about you know the, these accusations of him being uh, anti-lgbt saying he isn't i know the church he currently goes to do you the answer is you don't, but you heard from someone who heard from someone who heard from someone who, he, where he goes to church, so decided, yeah, okay, I'll believe this terrible thing. I heard the line about this celebrity. So yeah, it's nice to see that once more James Gunn defending uh, Chris Pratt, and I don't think there's going to be any calls for recasting, but I mean, you know, just like, what I, like I said before, say what you want about him but it's appreciative that they work well together. And I think it was even a few years ago, Chris Pratt, like, you know, responded back to these accusations and like saying, you know, it has recently been suggested I belong to a church who, which hates a certain group of people and is infamously anti LGBTQT. Nothing could be further from the truth. I go to a church that opens their doors to absolutely everyone. So what are the facts? I don't know. I, they're not clear. I don't know the name. I don't want to know. I'm not, not gonna try dig too deep. Is it anti lgbqt I don't know what's true or not true. But he, but since then he claims that's not true. Nothing against LGBTQT group. So yeah, like all all these accusations, false, not false. You know, it's a situation that grows louder and louder unexpectedly, and I think it, it's starting to sound like a unnecessary distraction hopefully by now it's not a distraction but if those who know him well have a friendship with him say like all that is not true then i think the matter should be settled and really like a conversation closed from here on out so hopefully like now enough of this topic about supporting or not supporting lgbtqt groups because you know i think it's it's all just loud noise for nothing, in my opinion. Okay, quickly, I quickly just want to talk about uh, Sony's new Xperia phone. They've been busy over the last few years with the Xperia 1 phone line. Uh, There's a teaser trailer already available uh, regarding their new Xperia 1 Mark IV phone. Uh, It's a good trailer because it it kinda, it's not just as good visually and great graphics, but also like detailed, uh, shown past Xperia One Mark phones, Mark One Two Three phones. Uh, as for specs, nothing really yet said, but the event is gonna be very soon on their presentation. It's expected to be on May 11. So May 11, there's gonna be a Xperia One Mark Four uh, phone reveal event. Uh, as there's like a, a leak, one leak or something just like render design of how it may look like. But again, it's not really official yet. And there are rumors of maybe like uh more than 4K or 8K phone. Again, not clear, but there are rumors of possibly like a Snapdragon 8 core chip, but there are no official specs yet. So it's too early to say, but I mean, yeah, like, um, personally, as someone who's once used an Xperia phone, I use the Xperia X. so. In the past, I really liked uh, the Xperia line. I thought that they were just easy to use, very user-friendly and so forth. And um, I'm sure the same has been said with the Xperia 1 phones. After all, the Xperia Mark, 1 Mark phones are still ongoing. And so uh, it'll be good to know the public reception of those phone lines, you know, so, um, yeah, only time will tell after the presentation. I, th- I think it may launch around the same month, but, um, and how much it'll cost. I mean, I think the success will determine uh, if it's going to be one of those $1,000 phones because other Xperia Mark phones costed like a $1,000 plus. So yeah, I don't know who's willing to afford that, but good for you. Okay, final topic of the day. I'm personally very much looking forward to talking about my early on impressions and experiences so far of playing uh, a very well-made and excellent great indie game in the Metro- Metroidvania genre called Hollow Knight, uh, developed by an indie team called Team Cherry. Uh, they've been man- they managed to get the money on a Kickstarter campaign to make Hollow Knight, uh, since 2017, 2018, released on all modern gaming platforms. And I gotta tell you, the more I played it, the more like I've had a hard time letting it go. It's, it's really special. The art design is just amazing, like, and really colorful when navigating back and forth through different levels, like, like these amazing deep blues, the, you know, the shining greens, the, eye-popping pinks and so forth and level design is amazing the combat may look simple but it is very upgradable in a way like not like moves just like a simple attack but it can get stronger with like upgrades and so forth of course throughout when you find different uh parts different like charms charms kind of like ways of like you know upping or kind of like helping you improve the gameplay making things simpler for you and like also different moves and abilities, like a super dashing or, um, yeah, I remember like a super dash and like a stomp or something like that. And uh, although it is challenging, I wouldn't call it as hard as dark souls, but there is some inspiration from dark souls with the resting on the benches and like, you know, defeating enemies and using its geo or similar to souls as like currency for parts and upgrades and buying items and so forth so i i mean i i've really liked it like uh i'm still very much enjoying it it's just like you know i it's it's no accident why i think in my opinion it's like another all-time great it sort of has inspired me to uh go back to another indie metroidvania game guacamelee 1 that's a really fun one it's not just a metroidvania like partly like a beat up kind of uh platformer game so yeah, it, it's um, like you know like it, and yeah like the common theme of indie games as I've always noticed there isn't really much voice acting because they don't have the budget for cutting edge graphics, voice acting online multiplayer but I mean if you give indies a chance like they're really special because it allows them to have like creative input on how they want to make their games and and like, and it's only on distri- digital distribution, but it gives them control of like how they want to release and make their games without interference from major publishers who, you know, when you have a AAA publisher, you they get financed, studios that make AAA games get financed, but there's some creative control as well that they want to provide their own input of how the games they want to be made because of the money that being spent so with the money they get of their own or from kickstarter campaigns they make the game as they like whether it's like a platformer or some other kind and some and most of the time majority of the time something amazing always comes up you know and i should mention like if you want if you're someone that even if it's not just indie games if you're Someone that likes and supports indie music, indie films, you should really check them out. I think indie films are usually shorter, but although I I don't know or I've seen a lot of indie films, I mean, indie films are definitely worth it. And I think uh, recently it caught my attention, a playlist of indie pop music that's easy on the ears and just uh, pretty good as well. Maybe not super popular, but very good song. So anything indie, uh, that's very artistic is worth checking out. But not to get away from the Hollow Knight topic, but just playing, I'm like, wow! Like I saw, it got really addictive because it's it's just like really great. You know, yes, challenging, and even the boss fights are are, are kind of challenging as well. But I would not even say as hard as Dark Souls. It's not Dark Souls difficult at all, at least in my opinion, just because of the simple nature of how it's made. But when you have more abilities and find more charms, part of the Metroidvania is like going back to places and going to areas you couldn't see or access before. So that was pretty cool. I got to say, like, I really would recommend it, whether it's on console, windows. I mean, damn, buy it for your Switch, yo. I mean, however you want to play. I mean, that way, if you buy it for the Switch, you can just take it on the go and play it on handheld. It's really great, even other indie games, like other indie games that you could buy, they're usually cheap, but if you wanna wait for sales, go ahead, I'm telling you, they're they're must-haves. I think now it's pretty much to say I can finally wrap up episode 17 of the Films and Pixels podcast. If you have watched and listened everything from beginning to end, Really thank you so much for the time you have given to just listen to me blabber and talk about all sorts of things. It means a lot just to watch and listen to this episode. If you haven't seen previous content, previous episodes, please go ahead. Playlist is available on also still on all streaming platforms available in the description section, like and follow the pages, any comment. It's good for the engagement helps with the engagement brings more exposure subscribing helps an independent channel like this for more exposure so thank you if you have done so it really does me a huge favor i really would appreciate it share it with your friends your family members your girlfriends your boyfriends your wives your husbands your uh, whoever you're dating i don't know i don't care just share with anyone and everyone really thank you so much Uh, your best friend even i don't know your siblings just share with anyone and everyone. Thank you so much. Until next time, thank you for watching, listening, the Films and Pixels podcast, episode 17.